Welcome to the Practical Missions Podcast mini-episode. On this day in 1517, Martin Luther pounded his 95 Thesis under the door of the Wittenberg Church, thus starting the Protestant Reformation. But the Protestant Reformation and the pounding of the 95 Thesis doesn't come out of nowhere. Martin Luther says, I had then already read and taught the sacred scriptures most diligently, privately and publicly for seven years, so that I knew them nearly all by memory. I had also acquired the beginning of the knowledge of Christ and faith in him, i.e. not by works but by faith in Christ are we made righteous and saved. So we see prior to Martin Luther nailing the 95 Theses to the door of the Wittenberg Church, he had already been studying and preaching God's word diligently for seven years. This didn't come out of nowhere. He says actually that he got into these turmoils by accident and not by will or intention. He says, when in the year 1517 indulgences were being sold in these regions for most shameful gain, I was then a preacher, a young doctor of theology, so to speak, and I began to dissuade the people and to urge them not to listen to the clamors and indulgence hawkers. They had better things to do. I certainly thought that in this case, I should have a protector in the Pope, on whose trustworthiness I then relied strongly. Luther, thinking he would have sympathetic hearers in the church, wrote two letters, one to the Archbishop of Mainz, who, unbeknownst to Luther, was actually getting half the proceeds from the selling of indulgences. The other half was going to build St. Peter's Basilica in Rome. Well, he didn't get the sympathetic Response that he anticipated, he says, Despised, I published the theses, the 95 theses. But as we can see, Luther was still very much a Catholic, very much still believed in the Pope and in the church. But he had a conversion experience. He says this, I had confidence in the fact that I was more skillful after having lectured in the university on St. Paul's epistles to the Romans, to the Galatians, and the one to the Hebrews. He means that he felt more skillful now than he did back in 1517 when all this turmoil started in the first place. I had indeed been captivated with an extraordinary passion for understanding Paul in the epistle to the Romans. But till then it was not the cold blood about the heart, but a single word in chapter 1 verse 17, in it the righteousness of God is revealed, that had stood in my way. For I hated the word righteousness of God, which according to the use and custom of all the teachers, I'd been taught to understand philosophically regarding the active righteousness, as they call it, with which God is righteous and punishes the unrighteous sinner. Though I lived as a monk without reproach, I felt that I was a sinner before God with an extraordinarily disturbed conscience. I could not believe that he was placated by my satisfaction. I did not love, yes, I hated the righteous God who punishes sinners, and secretly, if not blasphemously, certainly murmuring greatly, I was angry with God and said, as if indeed it is not enough that miserable sinners, eternally lost through original sin, are crushed by every kind of calamity by the law of the Decalogue, without having God add pain to pain by that gospel, and also by the gospel threatening us with his righteousness and wrath. Thus, I raged with a fierce and troubled conscience. Nevertheless, I beat constantly upon Paul at that place, most urgently desiring to know what St. Paul wanted. At last, by the mercy of God, meditating day and night, I gave heed to the context of the words, namely, 
In it, the righteousness of God is revealed, as it is written, He who through faith is righteous shall live. There I begin to understand that the righteousness of God is that by which the righteous live by a gift of God, namely by faith. And this is the meaning. The righteousness of God is revealed by the gospel, namely the passive righteousness with which merciful God justifies by faith. As it is written, he who through faith is righteous shall live. Here I felt I was altogether born again and had entered paradise itself through open gates. There a totally other face of the entire scripture showed itself to me. Thereupon I ran through the scriptures from memory. I also found in other terms an analogy as the work of God, that is, what God does in us, the power of God with which he makes us strong, the wisdom of God with which he makes us wise, the strength of God, the salvation of God, the glory of God. And I extolled my sweetest word with a love as great as the hatred with which I had before hated the word righteousness of God. Thus that place in Paul was for me truly the gate of paradise.